What is up, guys? Welcome to episode number 120. It's Bill Walton. Yeah. It was. Oh, I forgot I left the dog up here. No. So guest appearance. Yes. Charster. Yes. Charboil Grill in the house. Don't be smelling that candle over there. We are here. It is the. The day after the the beef's birthday, the beef's birthday bonanza that took place at the Yum Center. Yes, uh, but we are, as always, sponsored by Crystal Lackey at Century Mortgage, which is a equal what, housing lender uh, division of Bay Equity, as well. Yes, um, but if you need to get a uh, refinance or get a mortgage, call up our friend Crystal. 502-615-0743. She was uh, nice enough to tell me happy birthday three different times. Wow. She's trying to break records? She's like, oh, I got to keep it fresh. That way he asked me to come back as a sponsor next year. Nice. <laughs> well, while she's making us look bad, you can also check out her website. You can go to centurymortgage.com, and then it will be crystal-lackey. C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-L-A-C-K-E-Y. Still needing some clarity on the equal housing lender because what if the house is unequal due to level playing surfaces such as foundations? You know, do they still well, you lend? probably don't want that house then. No, I wouldn't advise it. No, you probably, you probably wouldn't want to live in that house. House is only as good as its foundation, bro. Yeah, this is very true. Uh, but... Uh, this It is an equal... They are an equal housing lender. They, right. They're like, unlike you just said, uh, I'm losing it right now, man. No, I said that they were an equal housing yes. lender. Yes. Century Mortgage is the division of Bay Equity, and they are equal housing lender. Right. MLS number 76988, Crystal Lackey, MLS number 1735979. And I was pretty proud of myself because I wrote her MLS number down without looking. That's very impressive. Now, I just hope you got it correct, because if not, you're probably not going to get three birthday messages next year. Yeah. I looked at it after I wrote it, but yes. Well played. Well, since we've got out of the way, I'd like to personally on air extend to you my second belated birthday of the happiness to you. I'm doing my best Bill Walton today. I don't know if you can tell that or not. I really love... How many people did you hear complain about Bill Walton yesterday? I'll say this, man. Maybe it was just because he wasn't commentating my game. But he's the reason I stayed up and watched their entire game. I'm going to give you some groundbreaking analysis here. He's probably one of my favorite analysts because he says the most off-the-wall stuff that you will ever hear. He's literally you commentating a game. I think so. Like, I'm sitting here, and I'm Dave Pash, and I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) That's that's me. That's the key to it, too. This is what I'll say. Same with this relationship. I think Pash is the key to that relationship because when you have Walton – you know, outside of Pash, it's okay. You know, it's, it's pretty good. Like the Calipari interview, yeah, it, it was quality. With that being said, you throw Pash in the mix and he's taking those subtle jabs or sometimes some not-so-subtle jabs. <laughs> Classic move right there. But since we've got the special Beef's birthday bonanza going on, I was thinking in my head, you know, you, you can have tacos, can't have tacos without the beef. You know what I mean? So this is true. What are we going to do today? We're going to add an extra special segment. Unless in you have here. fish tacos, terrible, or chicken tacos. Oh, that's okay. I'm okay with the chicken tacos as long as you put. Had a discussion with somebody the other day. 
they didn't know that you were supposed to put like taco seasoning on ground beef to make tacos. For some reason, they were raised in the impression that you just browned your ground beef and that's how you ate tacos. It's, you know, sad, sad day when you talk to decisions. people like that. Very disappointing. But we'll start it out with the facts, right? So we'll drop the numbers knowledge on you. 20 is the number of moves, quarter or half turns, that is required to optimally serve a Rubik's Cube in the worst case scenario. That's the minimum? Yeah, so it's optimum and worst case. Hmm. I don't know if you follow that there. I'm not much of a Rubik's Cube guy, so I can't do I'm that. I'm going to be honest with you. I've never solved a Rubik's Cube. I think I've probably picked up somebody else's Rubik's Cube that was solved. I've also seen, have you seen the triangle? So it's the Rubik's triangle. I mean, clearly it's not called that. Yes. I've never been able to do that one either. So while we're confessing things on there, I'll just tell you, not, not so good at the Rubik's. Uh, point number two, 2020 indicates normal vision at 20 feet. I don't know if you knew that, but a lot of people think it means perfect vision. Not no. true. Just means it, it looks, everything is 20 feet away. It looks like it's 20 feet away. Right. Well, and typically hindsight is twenty twenty as well. Uh, point number three, a standard dartboard has 20 sectors. I don't know if you've ever played any darts. Very dangerous game. Yeah, my dad always bought us the plastic tip darts. He would never buy us the good ones. You know what? I had that at, in my room one time, and I can tell you some of those plastic darts still go through drywall. Like poke, poke substantial. Yeah, holes if you probably it. if you throw them hard enough. Yeah, you know some of us have a cannon. Um, also, if you're bored, uh, if you go to YouTube and you type in things such as dart fail, or dart injury, or dart, you know, depends how deep down the rabbit hole you want to go. Classic stuff on there, bro. Yeah, it sounds like you went pretty far down the rabbit hole. Very deep. Actually, I haven't gone down that rabbit hole in a while, but I'm thinking it might be a rabbit hole, which I'm going to dive down here soon. Uh, point number four, the Kentucky Derby actually currently has a maximum of 20 horses in its field. I did know that. That is very key to our homeland here, and hopefully future NBA site, Louisville, Kentucky. You're welcome. Uh, point number five. In chess, 20 is the number of legal moves for each player in the starting position. I didn't know that. And then I tried to like count it out in my head. I went, why am I even doing this? <laughs> Sometimes that's what happens when I uh, do these. I, I try to then calculate it in my head, and it doesn't end well for me. Typically, it ends in me crying in a bowl of ice cream. You know I do I mean? know that on uh, Smart Guy. Yeah. That TJ had to make it 20 moves with the computer to win the school computers. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Beat, beat the computer in 20 moves, you're saying? No, he just had the last 20 moves, but he actually oh. ends up getting checkmate. Sorry for the spoilers, guys. It's only yeah. been out for about 25 years, but um, his brother had bet against him and lost. <sighs> 20 moves. Come on. I could last 20 moves against the computer, and I'm not even a smart guy. I am a guy. I got half of that covered. The smart part, that's yet to be. Are you good at chess? No. I have had a couple of very nice chess boards. I had a glass one that was very, very cool. And I'm sure I still have it somewhere, and it's got a lot of dust on it. <laughs> I also used to play backgammon as a child. Never played that. Better at backgammon than I was chess. 
I'm trying to think of other fun games. Othello. Sequence. Dude, you play Sequence? Oh, class. So in high school, we had a when, – when I transferred to Christian Academy, we had a study hall. Actually, when I transferred there, I really didn't need barely any credits at all. Yeah. And so there was just essentially classes that I was taking just to take them. And one of them was I got to be a PE teacher, which was phenomenal. Probably. You get to be the teacher? Yeah. It was great. <laughs> Kids love me, dude. Come on. It was the greatest thing that ever happened to those kids and me. You know, I may, maybe I'm underselling this for myself, but definitely those kids. With that being said, I had a study hall. And in our study hall, we would sit there and play games. Like we, we got on a Risk binge and played Risk for a while. Okay. We got on an NBAopoly binge, which classic NBAopoly. Like I'm talking old school, like best teams on the board were the Celtics. Uh, Lakers, um, Bulls, and then the next tier was like the Pistons. So we're talking good era. So Boardwalk and Park Place were the Celtics and Lakers? Yes. Well, there was actually three in this case. Bulls were additional. Different style of game than specifically NBA. It's not like NBA Monopoly. It's NBAopoly for infringement purposes. But, yeah, classic game. Sequence, though, more of the story. While I got off on that tangent, Sequence was probably one of my favorites to play out of there. Great game. If you haven't played it at home, much better than that apples-to-apples garbage. Yeah, I'm more of a uh, Cards Against Humanity guy. I've played that as well. That game's very fun. Gets interesting. Depending on who you're playing with, it can get a little out of control. Yes, that's the best part of it. It can be, yeah. It can be fun until somebody bursts your bubble and accuses you of things that are not true. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> not from experience. But we'll go to point number six. Plus 20 is the international dial code for calls to Egypt. I don't know if you've seen NBA draft. There's a high projected lottery pick coming out of Egypt, I believe. Looks not impressive to me. <laughs> Honest Mahmoud? No. But he, he is playing in the EuroLeague, and he's not really found his footing in the EuroLeague. And to me, the EuroLeague is a great um, projector of what they might do in the NBA. I mean, if you don't do well in the EuroLeague, I don't think there's a good chance that you're going to do well in the NBA. If you do well in EuroLeague, there's still a chance you might not be good in the NBA. So, <laughs> yeah, needless to say, he's not impressed me. Point number seven, uh, shout-out to Mercer. Shout-out to your employer. Hopefully they – saying you happy birthday yesterday as well, or at least did something, birthday spankings or something. But CB slang for a place or the short 10 code 1020 means what's your location, right? Hey, don't be looking at my papers, bro. I, w- I wasn't reading it. I was honestly just listening. Cheating. No, I, I, no I've never, I'm not a dispatcher. I'm a recruiter. So You don't know CB slang? No. CB slang sounds like a rapper. It does actually sound like it. Yo, CB, yo, CB, CB slang, slang on the on the track. I think Bill Walton should use that as his rap moniker. CB slang. <laughs> CB slang. That's not bad. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to ride in my grandfather's vehicle, and he had a CB in there, and we would listen to Trucker Talk on occasion. So I learned about the lot lizards. Yeah, lot lizards are uh, definitely something that are real. Yes, factual evidence. I've I've seen. Um, I, I've also heard of the was it alligator or crocodile? Which one? Uh, you talking about get, just gators? The one a tire gets blown? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was just gators, so I, I need to update my knowledge. And then there was a couple others that I forget, but they they were classics as well. Um, but the special segment 
of this was that I wanted to take you down memory memory lane. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're becoming an old man. Hopefully you're becoming wise in your old age. Um, great picture the other day, by the way. That, oh, did you like that? Dude, that is classic. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm going to have to like it because it's uh, my picture for the next six years. Oh, that's phenomenal. I mean, you look so happy in the picture, too. Well, they tell you you can't smile anymore. Right, but there's clearly a smile there. Well, she says you can smile with a closed mouth smile. Right. I'm like, oh, cool, so I can look like a predator. And you said, hey, can I kiss you with a closed mouth? Is that what you said to her? I'm like, look, I got a mullet, and you're telling me to closed mouth smile. (laughs) What list am I getting put on? Dude, that's great. Great. I mean, it it doesn't get much better. I, I think that's, you know, when we look back in 10 years, that's going to be a classic. by the way. Yes. I had to take the, the written test. Yeah. Only missed one question. Boom, shakalaka. Got all the signs right. You know, I hate to one-up y'all on your own birthday, but I had a similar situation a couple of years ago, and Bill Walton didn't do so bad himself. Did you study at all? No, zero whatsoever. Because I didn't know I actually had to take it. Yeah. And so I went in, and they gave me a book and said, sit down and study it. And I started reading a couple, and I go, you know what? If I fail this, I think they said I could come back tomorrow. And it's unlimited tries. I think it does cost money, maybe if you fail. I don't know. I don't think so because it's, it's not. It wasn't. It. I know I said written, but it was on a computer. Right. So I think you're right. Actually, maybe it doesn't cost you money. It just costs you money to get the license. So yeah. whatever it was, I was just gonna go for it. And yeah, needless to say, fifty question test, right? Uh, yes. Six. What is it? You can only miss two signs, and that's uh, sixteen of it, I think, or maybe fifteen. And then the other 35 is just general questions. Yeah. And you can miss six of those. I only missed one of the general questions, and I skipped like three or four. Yeah. And I didn't even finish the before I got back to my skips, and it already told me I passed. Do you remember what the question you missed was? No, I just remember it was worded very weirdly, right. which is what they do in those. Because it's like, oh, these, this test is hard. It's not hard. It's just they word it very weirdly so that it will stump you. Well, I, I don't even know if they do it intentionally. There's just some things that we speak differently, and maybe we're not reading it how they spoke it. <laughs> but anyways, back to what I wanted to do. I wanted to take you down memory lane. Now, how do we do that in this segment? We do that because fun year, the year 2008, a young strapping lad, 20-year-old beef. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And so we're going to give you some fun facts um, involving the year 2008. So for openers, the U.S. economy faced the worst financial crisis since the Great Depression. Started off with a bang, bro. (laughs) (laughs) The mortgage market collapsed. You know, Crystal couldn't even help you at that point. Uh, She could do her best, and I'm sure she would have been happy to do so. Rough years there. The Dow Jones average lost 33.8% of its value. General Motors and Ford Company, two of your brother's favorite companies, Ryan's favorite companies, <laughs> both reported record losses. So 2008 wasn't one of the favorite years financially. Um, but also, the average retail price per gallon what was... What is this, Price is Right? Yeah, $3.39. Gosh. Terrible. I mean, I, I was driving a... At that point, I think I was actually in a 2002 Lincoln Town Car. Boat. Yeah, V8. But it actually got more miles per gallon than the previous car in which I was driving, which was also a V8, but was a 
for uh, you know three fifty seven. Anyways, more of the story. Gas price was three thirty nine. Um, also in two thousand eight, life expectancy in the U S was seventy seven point eight years. Very intrigued by what it is now because I feel like it's probably a little bit less than that. It actually might be more. I don't know. And popular baby names were Ethan and Emma. You so were, this is 2008? Yes. Did you just do that because that was the year you, year you graduated? No, because you were 20 that year. What does that matter? Because I'm taking you back memory lane. It's episode 120. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Christmas, bro. Get with the program. Now, Apple also released the iPhone 3G. Okay. I mean, we're kind of well past that now. Google beta tested the Chrome browser. You know, kind of important in our life now. A lot of people use that browser. And Hulu was actually originally launched in 2008. I don't know if you know that. I did not know that. Big big Hulu fan while Charlie's over here farting on us. <laughs> um, or excuse me, point number 11. Uh, classic show, one of your favorites. American Idol was the top TV show. And Slumdog Millionaire also received eight Oscars, including Best Picture. Yeah, that's a no for me, dog. Have you seen Slumdog? I have not, but American Idol is not one of my favorite shows. Mm, that's a no for you, dog. That's, okay, no, Randy. that's no for me, dog. Take it easy. I'm more of a Simon guy myself. Actually, Paula. You know, shout yeah, out to Paula. Yeah, I can feel that. Yeah, I would as well. Um, with that being said, one of your additional favorites is Dark Knight. And Dark Knight was the most popular feature film that year. Freaking trash, dude. You love that movie. That's why I had to put it on there. And uh, Monopoly here and now was a favorite Christmas gift as well. So nice. I'm telling you, I'm bringing all the knowledge for the year 2008. Hopefully you're loving this. And while I'm doing that, what did I have to do? I had to bring it back home with the sports knowledge and tell you that the were NBA champions. Oh, you're asking me who was the champion yeah, in 2008? Poorly worded by Bill Walton, but... Uh, 2008. You can get this. Yeah. Um, this is, it wasn't the Spurs. I'm going to say it was the Lakers. Close. Or Celtics, I mean. Celtics is correct. Uh, it was the Celtics. I knew that because that summer I met Rondo. Really? Yeah. Well, impressive flex on the podcast on your birthday we'll we'll let that fly by ncaa champion uh so oh this one you can get as well yeah oh six and oh seven was florida uh oh eight was uh kansas correct over memphis very good um ncaa football champions this gets a little bit tougher but uh ohio state no there's one listener or no it was florida bingo because they had tim tebow yep I was going to say, there's one listener who would get that. I think that was a good hint for you. Um, what about the football NFL champions? In 2008? Yeah. Um, we went we went 18-1 and one the year before. 18-1. and one. Yeah, lost to the Giants. And then the next year... Uh, I think you might have... That wasn't the years. Colts, was it? I think you might or have was that years. The, or No, it was that year one that... So is the Giants. Giants is correct. Also a team that I do not enjoy. Um, we also want to go with the U.S. Open winner, Tiger Woods. I won't make you guess that, but shout out to our man, Tiger Woods. And let's see, I had to add some baseball in there because, you know, it's your birthday. I know you like baseball. Who was the World Series champion in 2008? 2008 World Series. Best team probably in the history of 
baseball. The Yankees? No. No, best franchise, best overall players, best city. It's not those bums, the Phillies, is it? Best fans. Some people like to call us family. I don't know if you know the origin of that word, but I created it. (laughs) (laughs) And and it will forever stay with me. Power move. Power move for sure. 18-year-old decision. That's what you should have made with that P was power move. Yeah, poor poor life choices. With that being said, the Philadelphia Phillies is correct, my friend. So, shout out to the Phillies. Um, but we also wanted to continue the specialness of this program and add a special segment to the Who Am I section. So, we're actually going to start off, and this is kind of a pop culture reference, so please don't ruin this for the listeners at home, but I think you're going to get this one pretty early. Okay? Okay. So... Hint number one, it released December 19th, 2008. And keep in mind, this is when you were 20 years old. That's mm-hmm. that's why we're bringing this up. Hint number two, the film grossed $168.168 million, but only cost $54 million. Very impressive. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm no financial guru, but I can tell you that sounds good to me. Yeah. Hint number three, most of the film was shot in Los Angeles, Pasadena, and Malibu, California. Hint number four, the title of the movie pays homage to Shakespeare's The Merchant in Venice. So, you know, those are some subtle hints leading up. I think for the average viewer at home, maybe they might not have a clear path as to where this is going. But I think this next hint will give a little bit more insight. Hint number five, the movie has characters. And obviously some of those characters... <laughs> it has characters. Okay. Some of them are protagonists. None of them are actually antagonists, I don't think. But in this case, some of the characters' names are Ben Thomas, Tim Thomas, former great NBA player as well, yeah. Emily Poza, Ezra Turner, and then there's a couple who are known by one single name, Kate, Holly, and George. Now, hint number six is going to tell you a little bit about the cast. And this is my final hint because I can't get I'm going to be 100% honest with you. I have no idea what this is. Well, let me give you this hint, and then I think you're going to go, wow, that makes sense. Because the hints haven't been that great, right? The cast includes my main man, Woody Harrelson. It also, oh, dude, I know who this was. It also includes Rosario Dawson. Mm-hmm. It lastly includes the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air himself, Will Smith. Who am I? So, little bonus content for you today. We'll give some more information on that once we get to the end. Have you seen that movie, actually? Yes, parts of it. I've never watched it in its entirety from beginning to end, and I've seen it on TV, which I think also changes movies. I don't yeah. think, like, you know, I do watch a lot of movies on TV now. I mentioned that to you recently. Just watched uh, Neighbors 2 last week. <laughs> Not terrible. It wasn't great either, but it wasn't, you're right, it wasn't terrible. But it I, definitely wasn't as good as the first one. I can tell you on TV, too, it really changes that movie. You can see the lips saying potentially different things than what the audio was saying. And then uh, I also watched Now You See Me Too, I think. Is that right? Now You See Me Too? Now? Whatever it was, it was The Magician. Now I'm Being Seen. No, I don't think it was that. It's The Magician 1, which also has... Now You've Got Sight. 
No. Hindsight's twenty twenty. There it is. Um, now you see me too. I'm pretty sure it's now you see me too. But it also had who, who's the guy um, in Neighbors Two? Not the main one, but the other one. Uh, the kid. He gets engaged. Not not uh, Seth. What whatever Seth's last. Yeah, name it's is. the kid. The one that from my. No, it's not High School Musical. Not kid? the main one either. Nope. Oh, the one. Who, the other one who's engaged. Who he's angry at. Who their best bros. I think it's uh. The, oh, Franco. Yeah, Funny Guy's brother. James, uh, James Franco, Dave Franco. Yeah, he's in this as well. And then I think it's Woody Harrelson. That's the guy in the zombie movies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Woody Harrelson is in there as well, and um, Jesse Eisenberg. I know that name. Oh, I remember those movies now. Okay, good, I know. Good movies. I was. I would say out of the movies I've watched recently, now you see me too. Had to have been one of my favorites I've seen in a while for a TV movie. Um, also watched Two Gun classic movie top 23 of all time for me never heard of her yeah poor mistake on your part (laughs) on to the second who am i we'll we'll start off and keep in mind now we'll go to the sports section and these people were most notably known for wearing the number 20 um first person was listed as 66205 you know not too shabby i think i already got this one really i'm serious because of the number yeah, and, of and because of their height. Okay, so that helps you a little bit. Well, let, let's see if this hint helps you at all. His father was a professional coach, and both of his older brothers played professional ball as well. Hint number three. He accepted his role primarily as a six-man, but he was most known for his passion and spirit as well as his clutch playability. Would you agree with that based on the person that it's I'm... Not the, it's not the person that... Really? I'd love to know who you're thinking of, number 20, then. Uh, point number four, he was also known as one of the best floppers in the league. And he also helped popularize the Eurostep. So didn't invent the Eurostep, but made it what we see now. Uh, point number five, he is one of only two players who have ever won an NBA championship, a EuroLeague title, and a gold member. Gold medal. Not I thought I knew member. it after the last one, but I now do know it. To me, that's pretty impressive. One of only two players ever. Um, point, if I say um one more time, I'm going to be disappointed with myself. Bill Walton doesn't <laughs> say um. Point number seven. He only played for one team in his career. Since we skip point number six, I'm going to go back to that one, if you don't mind. He is also a four-time NBA champion, a two-time NBA All-Star, NBA Sixth Man of the Year, and he actually has his jersey number retired by the NBA franchise that he played for. That was done recently and is very impressive. Yes. Who am I? And going to the final one. We'll start off with born in Miami, Florida. Welcome to Miami. Okay. Arriba, Miami. I don't really know what he says there. I don't I don't either. That's why I didn't correct you. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Will Smith again. Point number two. He's actually listed as 5'9", 212. Wouldn't want to fight God this God bless. Yeah. Freight train. Point number three. He actually had a high school game 
where he only had 13 carries, but he rushed for 319 yards and had six touchdowns. So think about it. Every other time he touched the ball, essentially, he scored a TD. By the way, I think I knew this after the second hit, but I don't know yet for sure. I think the first hint was your best hint, to be honest. I think the I mean, there's a lot of players who are five nine, two twelve. I think in this, uh, maybe more closer to six foot. But, anyways, hint number four. His mother unfortunately battled a kidney disease, and for this reason, he chose to stay home for college, stay locally. So that that's a big hint there as well. Going further in depth. Point number five, he actually made his college debut against the beloved Penn State Nittany Lions. I didn't know that. When, when I was researching that, I was very intrigued by that. Now, Penn State didn't have a great showing that game. I think they actually lost 33-7. to <laughs> But with that said, that Miami team was pretty good as well, too. Going on to the next one, hint number six, he actually holds eight 49ers records and four NFL records currently. Very impressive as well. Hit number seven, he is a five-time Pro Bowler and has a BCS National Championship. And also, to add to that, I think he's he's not the oldest NFL player, but he's got to be one of the oldest, top three probably. Uh, yeah, I would say he's up there. I know he's the oldest running back in the league. So if that helps you any, boom shakalaka bonus hint for you so what do you think so yeah I, knew, I was right i knew who it was on the second one good well which one do you want to go to first well the first one we can name is the movie it's my favorite movie actually co-favorite movie i have co-favorite movies oh i didn't know it was got demoted to co-favorite. no it's 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 always been co like it just depends on what mood i'm in right or it depends uh, if you're talking to a dude or a chick no because both of them are pretty sappy movies oh rain on me Rain over me, yeah. Over me, my bad. Uh, but this movie rain, is, is rain seven. Rain on me does sound. That doesn't pounds. sound as good, I don't think. <laughs> rain on me. Just, that's that song by Twist, ain't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's by uh, Webby. And both of them. Yeah, I think so. Uh, but the movie Seven Pounds. Correct. Co-favorite movie. Very sad story. It is, but it's a really good movie. You know what's crazy? I didn't want to tell you this during that. But do you know what the Rotten Tomatoes? It's very low. Like very, very low. Like take a guess percentage wise. It's in the twenties. I feel like it's like twenty four or something. You, you've looked at this before, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, I have, and I was. That's why I don't normally pay attention to Rotten Tomatoes. Twenty six percent. Yeah, dumb. Very surprising to me. And then there was also one. I think it was IMDb. Maybe had it as thirty three percent, but it it was not. I think the critiques were that uh, it, it was not very intelligently made. And I, I thought in my head, I don't know if I took that from the parts that I saw. <laughs> Movie's very good. Yeah. Uh, the second one. So I'll tell you who I thought it was. Okay. I thought it was Ray Allen at first. Ooh. So Ray Allen was number 20 I could when he see played his... for the Celtics. And he was like 6'6", And then when you said the third thing, I was like, yeah, it's not Ray Allen. I don't know if his does he have brothers and was his dad a that coach? Or, yeah, that was whenever that was whenever I was like I don't think that's right, and I didn't know I that I didn't know that, that being, about the other person. I could see that being true though. I mean, if he did have brothers, they were probably pretty good too. Yeah, um, 
I know Rayon's dad was good, and he got game. That's a good point. Jesus Shuttlesworth's father. Yeah. I mean. So uh, the answer to question numero dos. Good D. Emmanuel Ginobili. Very good. Ginobili! Full name and everything. Yeah. And stealing my Barkley Thunder. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say that? No. You know, I'm, I'll let you. It's your birthday. We'll, we'll just let it I, lo- I love when Barkley would do that, though. I do, too. In fact, uh, I miss it. And I miss <laughs> Ginobili's game. And the I think th- this uh, Spurs team could really use him right now, too, by yes, the way. Yes. They could use Charlie over here as Air Bud. Anything. <laughs> yeah. Just to change the something going on with him, because I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, the third one. Uh, running back. Played for arguably the greatest team of all time in college football history. College. Yeah. Uh, is uh, the running back who played for the does he play for the Bills now? Yes. Mr. Uh, Frank Gore. Frank Gore is correct. I was very I mean I knew he had a lot of records. I didn't know he had eight 49ers records. Funny story. Yeah. Uh, John texted Tony and I today in our group text that is uh, mentioned a lot on here. Right. That he, his uh, his exact words were, Frank Gore is so old, his son just committed to South Southern Miss. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked it up. His son graduates this year, so he will play next year at Southern Miss. So he knew that this was coming today. Yeah, you told him, I think. Yeah. He's a 49ers fan, right? He is. Yeah, so that, that would make sense. He is. Premonition. So three for three, baby. Three for free. Three for free. That's right. Right. Because I gave you the extra one for free. Yes. Uh, so last week my lock was uh, the Patriots over the Bengals. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, shocker. It was also one of my locks as well. Yeah. So guess who else? Got it. Nice. Well played. Boom. Well played. So I guess it moves to start locks this week. Yeah. Which, by the way, I, I didn't do so great on all of my other ones. I try to tell you, man, you got you got it's more quality than quantity, dude. But this is the thing I'd like to say on record: I, I hit on everything except for the NBA game. And listen, rookie mistake. Clearly, I don't know if you remember my whole spiel I gave you about the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, Giannis Antetokounmpo scores twenty five percent of their points. Oh, Chris Middleton. Did they score. blow him out? It was a lot closer than what the game actually was at the end. But, yes, they blew him out and covered that 11-point spread. And, yes, uh, Eric Bledsoe went 5-for-6 from the three-point line. They so, probably could have used that in that tournament game oh back in 2010. God. Just blew me away. I, I was not expecting that. So, yeah, <laughs> needless to say, I didn't hit my parlay. But I did have a pretty good week, you know, overall. Five. I think six for seven because I actually gave you that additional bonus hint where I said Matt Bradley was going to have 20 plus. Yeah. And they won. So, you know what I'm saying? You got to give credit where credit is due sometimes. Yes. To myself. Um, oh, that girl just took her pants off in the car. She, yes, she did. What kind of commercial are we watching here? Infinity. Uh, in, Infinity. Infinity's got people taking clothes off in cars on their commercials. <laughs> it's getting risque. Nice looking vehicle, though. Yes. Uh, so. My lock of the week is going to be New England again. Ooh. Everyone's crapping on us. Everyone's doubting us. Yeah. Playing in Foxborough against the Buffalo Bills. Six and a half point favorites. Taking the Patriots and the six and a half. I think you're the much better team. Uh, the Bills I've mentioned to you don't really impress me. I think that's also because 
we talk about this on time. We kind of fo- focus more on our favorite teams as fans. And obviously you and I are fans of teams as well. And so one of the games that I saw the Bills have not such a good game this year was the Philadelphia Eagles game. And that defense is very impressive, but the offense has not shown me anything all year that I would think that they're going to outscore somebody. Um, so I was talking to somebody last Sunday, and they were telling me that that Bills and Steelers game had a over-under of like 30. It was like somewhere between 34 and 36 maybe. And everybody was still taking the under. And guess what happened? It still covered the under because it was only 27 <laughs> points. So, yeah. So, hope I hope you hit for your sake. With that being said, I, I'm not going to agree or disagree with the pick because it's not my pick. Now, rumor has it that I had eight picks lined up for you. Yeah, would have, could have, should have. And unfortunately left the L paper at home. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick – one of those locks that are out of there. And I'm going to go with one of our college football matchups that we were going to highlight later. So we'll go more in depth on this. But I'm going to go with the Washington Huskies as the three-and-a-half-point favorites over Boise State. Now, I think the thing about that game is their records. You just look at that. You look at their ranking. You go, oh, Boise State's got this covered. But... With that being said, you look at Washington's losses, they're all two top 10 teams pretty much. I mean, they did have one loss that maybe wasn't a great loss, but I, I think Washington wins that game. I think that when they win that game by, let's say, nine. Okay. So, so therefore, they're covering the three and a half. Now, one of the additional picks we mentioned um, on my locks of the week this week, I had Duke covering the six, what was it? Did I say 16 and a half? Uh, 17. 17 and a half. 17, yeah, because it got bet up to 17 and a half. Duke covering the 17-point spread against Wofford. Now, that game's actually on currently, and we noticed something before the game. Uh, Trey Jones decided not to play this evening. Kind of hurts my chances there. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to stick with it because I'm not backing out on my word. I mentioned to you that I was taking it before I knew that information. We're keeping it. Let's see if I can go two for two this week. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, and that's all I got. <laughs> you forgot what you were going to say? No, I had an uh, NBA game too, but I forget what the NBA game was now. It's the late <laughs> game tonight. It's I think the Rockets are the... playing somebody. Oh, okay. Clippers. That's what it is. Rockets are playing the Clippers, and the Clippers are five-point favorites. I'm taking the Clippers as well. So just tacking them on like it's Christmas, bro. So, let's go back to, uh, actually, no, we'll talk about that later because I'll talk about that when we talk basketball. So, uh, Sunday, I got to go to Cincinnati, watch the Patriots play. Yeah. Uh, me and Ryan, my brother Mark, uh, Tony, and my buddy Brian. Did you videotape anything? <laughs> yeah, I was videoing <laughs> a lot. Got to get the... Uh, you know, got to get the inside sources with everything. Did you have any uh, incoherent or aggressive fans this time? Man, dude. So oh. there was some fans sitting right in front of me. Yeah. Um, also, remember I told you I thought the Ravens fans outnumbered the Bengals fans by a lot? Yeah. Way worse with this one. Really? Tony says, in his opinion, that was the most he's ever seen an away team 
own a, a, a stadium. Wow. It was it was pretty nuts. I'd say it was four to one. Four to one. It was, dude. It was bad. Man. So, well, I mean, you think of all the people that came with us. Tony was the only one that was cheering for the Patriots <laughs> or for the Bengals. I mean, right. So was uh, everybody else a Patriots fan or Brian is a Patriots fan. Ryan doesn't have an NFL team, but he tends to cheer with the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, my brother Mark cheers for the Patriots and the Cowboys. I mean, he just likes Brady, and then and the Cowboys. He's a Cowboys fan, but he, I mean, he likes Brady. Wow. And I don't think he really. He more just watches all the NFL games instead of really having a team. Why? Wow. Um, and then Tony's a Bengals fan. Yep. Um, tough but, year. <laughs> tough year, Tony. Tough lifetime. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah. But bring uh, back Marvin. So we get in there early, you know, get to watch some warm ups and everything, and. Uh, I'm sitting there, and there's like four kids that are in front of us. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Tom Brady's children. <laughs> no, it was, they were all Bengals fans. All of a sudden, except for came one over, guy with his son. Kissed that the was ball on him. the mouth. This ain't Tom Green, man. <laughs> but, uh, hey, their, Tom Brady grandpa, did that their grandpa just starts cussing up a storm. <laughs> At. The, everything that anti-New England. <laughs> those cheating... Fill in the blank. Fish turds. <laughs> you can f- kind of figure that one out. Yeah. The type of fish. Mm. Yeah. Salty. Yeah. And then he would say, you know, oh, you didn't get that one in the film you stole, did you? Like, <laughs> And then there was another part where he said... Uh, Maybe we should push him off the field into that cat Brady, but he didn't say cat. Yeah, so. Oh. Was a female dog? No, cat. What's another word for cat? Oh. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so. I was having a tough time following that one until now now I got it. Yeah, it was the other word for cat. So teaching them young. But that wasn't even the worst part, dude. Well, I hope that wasn't the worst part. I mean, I'm talking about as far as fans wise. Yeah, there was this girl behind us, man. She was probably 25, 26, and she was just hammered, dude. Yeah. So if you watched any of the game, I don't know if you did. No. We we drive right down the field, score. They drive right down the field and score. I'm gonna guess that game probably wasn't even on TV, was it? It was on CBS. Was it really? Yeah, because it's the Bengals. It's the Bengals, so it was Um, on the local CBS. Yeah. So. It's seven to seven. Well, the Ravens game didn't go anything like this, so there was no parts that you saw any of this. <laughs> After they scored that touchdown, they played some fight song, and it was the corniest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, and it, you know, Hooday was in it a whole bunch, and uh, this girl sang it. Line for line, lyric for lyric, and I swear to you, it felt like she was yelling directly in my in my ear. <laughs> and I think she was. I never turned around. Bazoongas bouncing off the back of your head. No, I mean that might have made it somewhat okay, more enjoyable. Yeah, but no, like Playing it was so bad. It was so bad. Tony looks at me and goes, "I'm not a Bengals fan anymore." <laughs> This girl was being that annoying. Oh, man. It was so bad. And then, like, you had... 
the Bengals fans that were around us, like, extremely big Brady haters. Right. Like, oh, Brady sucks. Brady's never been good, blah, 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 all this stuff. It was, yeah, it was kind of crazy. Um, but it was, it was awesome because they ended up blowing them out. Um, the Red Rocket threw four interceptions, one of them taken to the house by Stephon Gilmore. And, uh, they blew them out. Have you seen the, uh, AJ Green stuff as well? Talking about the franchise tag and. I did not see that, no. Yeah, they're talking about giving him the franchise tag, which will make $18 million if he doesn't come to an agreement. Yeah. To me, that's not unfair at all. But um, he was mentioning it doesn't show they have faith in him or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't that's think... That's a nice he... way to put it, man, <laughs> that you're not going to go somewhere else. Right. That's a good good wording. But it'll be interesting for me to see because if I'm A.J. Green, um, I, I'm going to request a trade to the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm going to save their entire franchise next year he can come to new england he probably would consider that as well yeah um but yeah i mean overall it was a good time we all had a good time uh we ate some raisin canes on the way back oh love raisin canes they're uh, hiring a manager position in louisville if you want it it i mean no nah, you, you need good. to weigh all the profits uh, yeah i probably would be good for me i'd make a milkshake with their sauce their, milk, their sauce is so good. Delicious. It's so good. You know, I'm thinking milkshake actually doesn't sound that good with it, but nah. blend up some chicken and some, some of that sauce. You know, maybe you got something. Oh, what if you did a... Like a ra- casserole. Dude, what if you did a Raisin Cane's taco? Oh, I could... Yeah, I yeah. could get on board with that. Yep, I think we're on to something I'd, here. I'm more of a burrito guy, though. We know this. I'm more of a burrito guy. Okay. Burrito over tacos. Which I'm, I think I'm good with because I think that balances out the flavors. You know, the flavor profile would probably be better in a burrito Dude, style. Yeah. I got it. Collaboration. We got to put the bread in there somehow, too, because you can't have the Raisin Cane's without the Texas Toast. No, I think you can. Have you had their Texas Toast? Yeah, Texas Toast is very good. I enjoy Texas Toast. Yeah, I get an extra piece every time. You can't put, how are you going to put Texas Toast in a burrito? Was it stuffing? So, I've been to Bandito's. You have not. No, have not. You want to know a funny fact? What's that? So, I think it was last night or maybe the night before, I looked up New Wave Burritos to see how far that was away. When I was leaving work, I was mm-hmm. going to consider trying it. Yeah. And I couldn't remember the other place's name or otherwise I might have tried it. Because it, didn't you say it's more downtown? Uh, So... It's closer to downtown. It's not. It's, I wouldn't really say it's downtown. It's From like where right I work, you. it would have been way more yes. on my way home. Then. Yes. Uh, not necessarily because you could have hit the Waterson coming from uh, coming from there and mm-hmm. hit the Waterson. It got off right there. I didn't think about that. I actually didn't even look up the directions at all. I just looked at <laughs> how far it was and said no. <laughs> yeah. Because I figured it couldn't have been that close. But but hear me out here. Hear I'm me listening. out. You can throw listening. some. You can throw some French fries. You could throw you. You could literally just take a box combo from Cane's, right? And cut it up, and put it in a burrito. I'm thinking more. You take a burrito, and then add cheese because you can add cheese to everything. Yeah, I think burrito. You can do that, but I'll, I'll go one further because I think what you do is you take that chicken. You know, you you cut it up, whatever. You put the rice in there. I'm I'm thinking a cilantro lime rice, maybe okay. a brown I can mess rice. With that. And then you're putting the fajita stuff in there. So, like, your... Oh, peppers yep. and onions. Okay. Yep. And okay. then 
you know how they put the sauce on like top they they sprinkle it nice and pretty alike yeah on the top of it that's your raisin cane sauce yeah dude i'm you realize that us talking about this we literally have to do this now I think I I'm I mean it's easier said than done. I'm not, not a good really. You can get just tortilla shells and put all this stuff in. It's not gonna be that hard. Two questions for you. One, how good are you at cooking rice? Rice isn't hard to make. You can get a you can get Dude. a bag of that Uncle Ben stuff and put it in the microwave. You you keep telling. Well, hey hey man, don't buy rice that you cook in the microwave. Okay. It's pre cooked. You got a stovetop? A stovetop like a stuffing? No. Like a stovetop. Yeah. You got water? Yeah, but see, that's that's too complicated. No, bro, you boil it. I'm just saying, the timing on rice, it's not like spaghetti. Spaghetti is tougher to mess up than rice. Rice. Do you, so do you throw rice against the wall to see if it's done, like you do spaghetti? Oh, for sure. Is that I, how you tell if your spaghetti's done? I think you stuff? just made a racist joke on our podcast, and I'm sorry to all of our Asian How is that racist? Because, listen, you do this, and it makes me feel bad because I love the Asian culture. No, I'm just wondering how that statement was racist at all. You're because to about, find out if pasta's done, you throw it against the wall. You, if it sticks, I can't remember which one it is. But if it falls, I don't remember what that means. But I know that you've never heard this before. Are you saying that they throw rice against the wall and they couldn't see it? That's not. I never said that. Listen, I don't think that's appropriate for there. I never said that. You know what I'm so saying? So back to back to my burrito idea. Yeah, please. I think you could literally just take the entire box combo and throw it in a burrito, and throw some cheese in there with add the, the rice. Cheese. Yeah, I didn't add any cheese. Yeah, with the rice. So I'm talking French fries. Right. I'm talking the chicken. The pieces of that Texas toast. That gets interesting right there. Oh, dude. Throw some, uh, what kind of cheese we want to go in there? Monterey Jack. Yeah, there you go. That's not a bad idea. Monterey Jack. and then Like queso-style Monterey Jack cheese. Yeah, see, I feel like the queso would overpower everything else. Because you already got the liquid from the sauce. Right. You know, I think... But that's got- why I say queso-style, because it's like a... Sp- Monterey Jack, but it's like not melted, but it's kind of so kind of like what they do at B-dubs, where they melt it, but it's still kind of a big chunk. Their queso is no, they have queso, and then they have like if you get cheese fries. Oh, you know I don't do cheese fries. You know us peasants, we don't got money for that. That extra three dollars. I'm throwing the cheese in there, and then okay, I like where you're going with this, but you know I'm trying this, dude. I'm going to do this. Yeah, I hope it ends well for you. I hope it doesn't end in a frequent restroom visits. I mean, everything does. Well, it sounds as if this especially could. Had a uh, quote-unquote cheat night the other night, bro. Went ham. Decided to eat uh, six pieces of pizza <laughs> uh, on top of eating a whole bowl of spaghetti. Now, you know, my spaghetti I make is heavy meat sauce with some bell peppers and red onions in there. Got to spice it up. And then after that, decided to go with a substantial, by substantial, I mean a substantial portion of ice cream to top it off. So, yeah, I got a little jiggy Did with it. Did you finish off that cherry cordial ice cream? I have not. I, I think I still have a little bit. Oh, hey. I told you to give it to me, man. I would have already crushed it. Yeah, but I've got Santa's cookies. I've got uh, cookies and cream. And I've got the cherry cordial. So you know what I'm saying? I'm deaf. I'm really trying to cut back on the cream. More of the story, a step on the scale that night, no no lie to you. From two days before to then, so I, I didn't weigh myself the days before, 
Six pounds difference. <laughs> Six pounds. Oh, that's good. Thank you to the carbaholic evening I had. Great night, though. Yes. Didn't sleep well. Really thought, you know, bad things were going to happen in my bed. So we uh, we spoke on the bowls a little bit last week, but we didn't really go into any type of in-depth analysis, which we're not ESPN guys. We actually have jobs, but... We know a decent amount about both of our teams. Right. Uh, you guys are playing in the military bowl. Yes. Against Tim Powell. Yep. The running Bill Cosby's. Hopefully they don't wow. put you guys to sleep. Wow. That's where that's where he went. Okay. You didn't know that? Uh, no. And I hope they don't put us to sleep either because bad things would happen. Yes. Allegedly. Yeah, You're allegedly. Welcome. I had to say the one. But I do think that's a great matchup, to be honest. I touched on it. I did see it's a five-point spread. Um, I, I think this Temple team early in the season had some showings that they were going to be a really good team and then faltered at points during the season as well when they had chances to win big games that would have pushed them more to the forefront. You know, Obviously, they weren't ever going to be a national champion contender, but... I think realistically they could have been a 10-win team this year. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you look at some of their losses, they were not far off from having a great season for Temple. Um, I I do think that North Carolina will win this game. I think Carolina in the Mac Brown era has just begun. With that being said, Temple will be a great test for them, and – Overall, it should be. I don't know if you've watched any Carolina games this year, but Carolina's. Pretty... We watched one together. Remember when we went to the Louisville game? We watched the end of Winnerum's game. Carolina's fun to watch this year, though. So anybody who hasn't watched them, even though they're not honestly a phenomenal football team, you guys, you guys are definitely something that's built for the future with two young key players and Sam Howell and uh, I can never remember your all's receiver's name. Uh, well, there's a couple of them, but I like Daz Newsom. Yeah, but I, I really like Howell a lot, though. Right. I've seen some games where I was underwhelmed, and I think the other thing, too, is, first of all, they, they're they slow starters, so don't be surprised if they're down. And then the other thing is they have games where they really should win and close the door, and they've not yet found out how to be a winning team, which sounds very cliche, but I think a lot of people will understand what I'm saying by that, I mean, you look at that Clemson game. Yeah. Um, that was one they should have won. You look at the Miami game. You look at the Appalachian State game. Um, multiple games this year were in their hands, and they kind of pissed it away. Uh, so Louisville plays Mississippi State in the Music City Bowl. We still have to decide whether we're, what we're going to do next week as far as an episode. But uh, I know it's going to be tough. Yeah. I mean, either way, I may – do something maybe that's that weekend or something if you're gone. What'd maybe. you say Thursday you had going on? I forget. I know we don't need to do this on. But. Yeah, we're not doing it on Christmas. No, no, no. Not on, I was saying on. Um, we'll hash it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, yeah, because I don't think I have anything. Uh, but Louisville plays Mississippi State, whose running back actually announced the other day that he was um, – that he was going to go to the NFL. He's first team all SEC. But he also said, I'm still going to play in the bowl game. Nice. 
No, that's not nice for us. Uh, so, anyone that's watched Louisville play this year knows that Louisville struggles with the rushing with the rushing attack. Um, I will say this: it's a it's a different story when it's not the quarterback. If that makes sense, yeah. Because we've played against teams. I um, think dual threat. Yeah, dual threat quarterbacks absolutely kill us. Um, Except for Virginia. Yeah, that that was because a lot of that was the rain. The rain kind of held him in check and was making him throwing the ball very, very tough. Uh, but uh, I think Louisville can, can get a win in this. I think we have a lot of speed on the outside with uh, our receivers and our running backs, Javion Hawkins and Tutu Atwell. Uh, this time from the Kentucky game to kind of think about what was going on, have an extra month of practice, and uh, – you know, learning more of the playbook, and then not 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 only that, Juwan passes back at practice as well. The job is Mikael Cunningham's. He's won that job. It's his going forward, unless something happens as far as like an injury goes. But this also gives another month for Mikael Cunningham to get completely healthy. So, like out of all the games that Mikael Cunningham started, I think he maybe finished three or four. Wow. He just he kept getting dinged up. So, um. It's going to be interesting. I mean, Mississippi State seems to have our number in every sport. They, yeah. I mean, there for a while. They they beat Lamar Jackson in his last game. Uh, they beat uh, our women's team in the Final Four. They uh, beat us in the NIT a couple of years ago. Now, we did put them out in the Baseball College World Series this past season, but it seemed like every other time Mississippi State had our number. So, hopefully the, the baseball game kind of turned the tide for us and changed the juju there and – Turned it around to where, you know, we can get a victory here and move into next season with some, with some momentum. You know, with recruiting just happening as well. I don't mean I don't I didn't get to look and see what number you guys finished in, as far as recruiting classes go, uh, with with football. But Louisville did lose their their highest recruit, Chubba Purdy, flipped on the last day. I don't know if you saw that. No. Um. Yeah, it was kind of weird. So. Mike Norvell used to be an assistant for Arizona State, and this is something that I think even I even fought myself for, not really knowing how good of a relationship Mike Norvell had with the Purdy family. So Norvell used to be at uh, Arizona State before he went to Memphis, and uh, you know he recruited his brother Brock, who is at Iowa State now, and uh, so he already had. A really good relationship. He visits Florida State the last weekend before signing day. Everything everything at first was like, oh, it's nothing. He's just doing it because they're friends of the family or whatever. And then as it got closer and closer to signing day, it was like, yeah, it's not. Yeah, he might think about it. Yeah, it's not looking good. Yeah, he's going to Florida State. And then he announced he was going to Florida State. I mean, it sucks. Uh, I'm still very happy with this class. Uh, Louisville's. Class on ESPN was 29, which I always hold more. I always like looking at 247's composite a lot better. There, uh, for those that don't know, 247's composite puts together all of the rankings of like 247 rivals, ESPN, like everything, and they put it together and average it out. Huh. So to me, it's the most it's the most accurate of all of them, in my opinion. Yeah, what makes sense? So on the 247 composite rankings, Louisville's 39th. Which people are like, wow, that's not very good. But if you look back, Louisville's best class that they've ever had is 24th, I believe, which was the year 
before they won the Orange Bowl. Okay. So is that Petrino? Yeah. So and then Charlie Strong had like a twenty nine or something, but all of Volvo's classes are mid the upper thirties and lower forties. Yeah. It's just it everyone saw oh we lost Chubba Purdy and it's like Florida State's not really a big of a Dude, Florida State is a powerhouse. It is is a traditional power. Yeah. And I mean, as crazy as this may sound, he's got a better chance of going there and playing right off. Great area too. Great yeah. campus. Obviously, great relationship with the coach. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And that's and that's the other thing. Like, I, it sucked when it happened because it was like, man, right. you know, you're excited. He's number two hundred rated player in the nation, which people are like, well, two hundred. Yeah, that's Chubba, and that's, all of a sudden yeah. it's gone. I mean, that's a yeah. bad feeling for all of us. Bro. Yeah, the class didn't look so purdy anymore, did it? Yeah, it's terrible. But um, I don't know. I'm very happy with this class. I like a lot of the players we have coming in, including our quarterback that we have coming in from Georgia, who was Trevor Lawrence's backup. Oh. Yeah, so T. Webb is his name. He's from Cartersville, Georgia, which is also the same place as Ashton Hagen's. It's also the place where I stayed in that hotel. Nice. Fun fact for you. Nice. So, Great deal. $35 a night, microtel. <laughs> Phenomenal deal, man. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot of players that are coming into this class. Christian Fitzpatrick, which is Des Fitzpatrick's younger brother. Uh, I'm excited for him. Uh, we have some line help. I still think we need to – this is just the early signing period. We still have five scholarships left. Hit the grad transfer, hit the transfers, and hit, you know, just some guys that maybe fell through the cracks. And the Quan. Yeah, hit the Quan. Yes. So I think Louisville can, I think Louisville will, A, win their bowl game, and B, I think they'll sure up uh, some more of the defensive line. They got some offensive line help already. Interesting thing was I was looking on ESPN, and you all are four-point dogs. Yeah. But Mississippi State has a 65% chance of winning in the matchup predictor. So it's like you said, I'm, I'm guessing that keys in on the running intangibles Absolutely. there. But seems like a high percent for four four points i don't know yeah i mean there's i think a lot of people are looking at that last game which i mean that's the last time you saw us that last game against kentucky and then they think back well mississippi state beat kentucky oh so yeah i don't know we'll see they're six and six obviously they've had a much tougher record than you all have i also think it's like i said if they had their quarterback who was there from Penn State, I think they would be a much better team, but that's maybe just some bias. Yeah. So I texted you earlier, but you said you didn't get until after. But uh, we just wanted to name a couple games that are kind of intriguing to us. Yeah. You want me? You want me to say one of mine first? Here? Well, I already gave one of mine away, so okay. let me highlight that one because I mentioned to you in my lock of the week the Washington um, versus Boise State game, and I think Boise State is a team that, as far as fun to watch. They will always be in that category. Um, but this Washington team is pretty impressive as well, too. It's like I said, I mentioned they were 7-5, and five, but they should have been much better than that. Had a couple of losses to some surprisingly good teams out west. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and, on record, previously take the Washington Huskies, even though they are three-and-a-half-point favorites over the 19th-ranked team in the country. And they will prevail. See, it's funny because the one that I have on here that I said I thought would be a good game and you said you didn't think it would be, I feel the exact same thing about that one. Really? Or, or you said you felt opposite about it. 
So you don't think this one's going to be a good game? I don't. I don't trust Washington, especially losing Chris Peterson. Um, but you're insinuating it's going to be like a ten plus game. I think Boise State wins that game by mm. what is it? They're they're how many point favorites? Washington's three and a half point favorites. Yeah, I think I think Boise State wins that by a touchdown, the ten points. Okay, seven to ten points. So you're taking a ten point swing off the spread. It's yeah, interesting. I, I I got to see Boise State a couple of times. One in the game against Florida State. Yeah. Um, I like them in that game, and then I saw them play a couple other times on TV. But you also got to throw into the the effect that Washington, yes, definitely played more talented teams. But when you lose your coach right before a bowl game, and it's <laughs> when you lose your coach the way you did and get right before the bowl game, because if he goes to another team, it's it sucks. But this one, like no one really knows why Chris Peterson retired. Yeah, he just retired out of nowhere. Yeah, but he's still coaching the bowl game, right? No, he really? just left. Really? Don't. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't know that. Yeah, he left out. He just left. I knew he retired, but I didn't know he was not coaching the bowl game. I don't believe so. I mean, I can look it up, but I don't think he is. Well, it's not going to change my. I already made yeah, I mean, you now. you took it either way, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. So, uh, one of the games that I had highlighted was IU and Tennessee. IU had a definitely better season than what any of you, myself, or Daniel thought. That's right. Um, and Tennessee. I think I had them six and six, so I was the closest. Yeah. Dean had them at not six and six. No. <laughs> uh, but, Two and ten, if I recall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tennessee really stumbled coming out of the gate. They lost to somebody really, really bad. I can't remember who it was. By like 55 too after that. Yeah, they they were really really bad, and I feel like the Kentucky game kind of turned them around. I'm not trying to throw Kentucky under the bus. I'm really not. Yeah, but you never do that. No, I, I usually do, but at this point, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I just felt like that Kentucky game kind of righted some wrongs for them. Um, I think this game, although I should be really pissed at Tennessee because I really wanted to play Tennessee, and I kind of wanted to see a Kentucky Indiana bowl game. Yeah. Um. I do. This game still is kind of intriguing. Um, but I'm going to take uh, Tennessee in this game. I like it. I, I think I tend to agree with you, but I don't think you can count IU out. Um, I, I think another game that I wanted to highlight was a surprising one was the Hawaii Rainbow Warriors over or against the BYU Bingham Bangers. Is uh, Colt Brennan still there? No, but um, Timmy Jim, Chang? Jimmer Fredette is actually coming back Jimmer. to play football for BYU. But, no, I, I think that's going to be a surprisingly good game. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I told you the over-under on that game is 64, and I'm still going to take the take over. Take the over, baby. Take the over and take BYU while They might get it. 64 in the first half. I'm not going to go that far, but I will say they'll put up points. Um, I, I don't know if you see a theme here, but the seven and five teams, you know, I'm really keying on to win big for me. So yeah, more of the story. I've watched a couple of games Hawaii has played this year and not only do they put up points, but they don't really put up any defensive <laughs> stop. So yeah. fun one to watch in that game. If you like offense. So another one of them that I had, uh, highlighted was your Penn state, Nittany lions, Facing off against the Memphis Tigers. Now, 
I know I just used something against a team uh, that I'm not putting against a team in this one with Mike Norvell going to Florida State. I just really like Memphis's offense. Uh, I think they can keep it close for three, maybe three and a half quarters, and I think Penn State pulls away at the end. I think we both agree that Penn State wins this game, obviously, but uh, I, I don't know. I really like Memphis's offense. I think it can be explosive at times, and I'm interested to see. This is why it's intriguing to me. I'm interested to see how it's going to be against a Power 5 team, right? whether it's something that is just a lightning in a bottle in a conference that's got some teams that everyone thinks is strong, and they're just playing against each other, kind of like what people thought about some of the ACC teams other than Clemson like the Virginias or the Virginia Techs, you know what I mean? Right. Um, That's but, why I love bowl games, though. Yeah, because you mean, get they, to see teams they don't play against each other. And it doesn't – let's be honest. Like, it's like the Big Ten ACC Challenge. It doesn't really paint you a huge picture, but it gives you a glimpse as to what that might look like. So it's kind of the precursor to what you might expect to see. But I am going to take Penn State in this game, and uh, but I am interested to see – there's that weird commercial where the girl taking her pants off again. I know. Sorry. It's the, yeah, it's only weird if you make it weird. That's right. But I'll go ahead and say my last one, and then you can say your last well, one. Well, let me give you a little bit of hint about that game as well, okay. too. So, on average, Memphis puts up 40.5 points per game, and Penn State puts up 34.3 points per game. Once again, the over-under is 60.5, so I'm liking the over on that one as well. Mm-hmm. Penn State's 6.5-point favorites on it. Even though Memphis is twelve and one, I was telling I was telling John this, um, and I think I might have told you this. Yeah, there's really only one New Year's Six bowl that I don't think is going to be a good game, which is the Florida Virginia game. Oh yeah, you did. I forgot you said that to me earlier. I think Florida's going to absolutely dog walk Virginia. Yeah, I don't think Virginia deserves to be in that game, but hey, to each their own. You, yeah, they, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, ACC's not so good this year. No, and that's the other thing. I think they're just going to get killed. But I hope Clemson can represent them. Yeah. Uh, so the last one um, is Oregon and Wisconsin. Good one. I I do I, like that one a lot. I like. I think that that's outside of the championship game and the Louisville game. That's probably the one that I want to watch the most. It's. I don't know. It's. Two completely opposite teams. Yeah, and I, I love Jonathan Taylor, uh, n- not Thomas from uh, Home Improvement or I don't know Tom I think, and Huck. But, I think you kind of like or him Man too. in the House. Yeah, I might just name like three things that he acted in. Right. I'll be home for Christmas, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> at least I knew one of those. Which one? Uh, I think the first one you said, Full House. Home Improvement. Home Improvement. You know, Man of the House, right? One with Chevy Chase, where they joined the the uh, like Boy Scout Indian tribe. Thing. Oh yeah, that is a classic. That's a great movie. I agree. Dude. That's a classic. Yeah, that's a young JTT. Yeah, man, he's. I don't know. Memory names Chevy Chase squatting dog. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Fair Fawcett too. By the way, sounds good to me. That was his mom in that movie. She's she's dead. Mm. Yeah. I'm taking the Max Holloway move and saying R.I.L. Rest in love. <laughs> Rest in love. Yeah, but um, I don't know. It, it It's exactly because of what you said, just two different types of teams. I'm ready to just see this game and see two different styles and see who, who comes out the victor. Yeah. What's your third one? I, I like that matchup. Those are the ones I had. I also like that. It's like I already said, the North Carolina-Temple game. 
so we don't we don't have to touch on it again. But I'm, I'm excited for that one, obviously. I mean, I, we're both excited for our bowl games because we both didn't think our teams would be in bowl games this year. Right. So, I but think, I just think matchup wise, it's like I said. I know there's bias involved with that, but I think matchup wise, that's a great matchup as well. Um, not really impressed with the Georgia Baylor matchup. I've kind of been on the side that Baylor is overrated, and I think Georgia will win that game pretty handily. Um, not a lot of other games that really jumped out to me as barn burners. The Minnesota-Auburn game, I guess, is a little bit intriguing to me, but I do think Auburn wins that one handily. Utah-Texas, no, not so much. So, yeah, I mean, a couple of lower-level teams as well who are getting bull bids. Florida State-Arizona, no. Now, I don't know if you remember this team, but somebody had previously mentioned them before. The Fighting Illinois, you know what I'm saying? Taking on the Cow Bears. No. Must see TV. The band is on the field. Yeah. That's what I'll always think of Cow. Whenever I think of Cow Bears football. That and the video of Marshawn Lynch running over or right. driving the cart around on the field. <laughs> the one hit, though, when, when you say the band is on the field, I don't even hear it. I don't see I see the one hit that the guy takes, and it's yeah. just replay in my mind you talking about when he dives into the end zone and just demolishes that guy from the band blast the dude i mean just you know that dude felt that the next day oh he felt it right then for sure and he definitely felt it the next day like you said but cal is seven point favorites in that game so yeah not gonna make any promises Uh, i'd love to see illinois pull that one out and make me look like i knew you know something a little extra whenever (laughs) i called a six and six season with a bowl game win this year Tough matchup against the Cow Bears, even though they're not that great. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Should, should be a fun bowl season, though. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, big UFC fights this weekend, right? Yeah. A lot, lot of great fights this weekend. I mean, unfortunately, yeah. they went the way I predicted them in some cases. Yeah. Uh, I actually flipped on the Bud Crawford fight because Grant texted me. Yeah, Grant's good about reminding me when boxing matches are that I can watch, and uh, which was great as well because you texted me and I was watching the UFC. Um, I was actually watching recorded prelims though, yeah. So it was something that I could pause and jump over and watch it. I was as like, well. yeah, man, you might want to flip it over. It's Perfect just, timing though. I mean, yeah. seventh round is when I turned it on. Eighth round is when he finished it, right? Yeah, and he when you turned it on, it was when he had kind of already taken the fight over. Because right. the guy brought it to uh, brought it to Crawford early in the fight, he brought it to him, and he says he didn't hit him with he didn't stun him, but of course that guy definitely stunned him with one, and it kind of it kind of stumbled him, and they didn't count it as a knockdown, which didn't in the end didn't really matter because he TKO'd him, but uh, Bud Crawford's a bad man. Yeah, he is a bad dude. He 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 finally put it together, and he just started. Just teeing off on this guy. That's the thing I told you is most impressive about him, though, is like when he gets somebody hurt, it's it's not going to last very long. And it was one shot that finally put him away. He goes down, at, t- takes another clean shot. Ref's not going to let you continue. Was that after me that. and you talking about how his trainer or his yeah his trainer was on the side and they were talking to him, or was that me and Grant talking about that? Grant, I think. So they have the uh, you know the during fight interviews with their trainer yeah and the guy says why is why hasn't he switched to uh traditional 
Why is he fighting Southpaw? Right. And he says he'll switch when he feels like he needs to. Which is not what they said after the fight, by the way. Well, so they asked they asked Bud Crawford about that and said, "Why did you Why did you do that?" And he said, "My coach said that he thought that I should come out and fight in Southpaw, right? And uh, kind of test myself is what he said, right? And so I guess it, he did kind of say it, but not really say it. He kind of pushed it on his coach that his coach told him to fight that way." But his his because his coach never said that he didn't say that that he didn't do that. He just said he'll switch whenever he feels like he needs to. Yeah, I never heard the push myself or test myself section either. I heard him say his coach told him to come out in that stance and. Yeah, it was. He came out in Southpaw, and there was a couple times where it's like, man, what are you doing? Yeah. But then he started to pick him apart, and he switched the tradi- the what? It's not traditional. What is it? Orthodox, the, or, yeah, Orthodox, and he just started tearing him apart. As soon as he switched to Orthodox, he started tearing him apart. Yeah, great fighter though. It's like I said, I love watching his fights, and I think there are some future fights. It was interesting because you know they they always ask these boxers after who do you want and set up a fight. So there's I don't have to say it anymore. I've already told everybody I want to fight him. But that's what it is, man. Like these boxers finally are getting to the point where they're like, you guys understand that my pro- promoters dictate and my manager <laughs> dictates who I fight, yeah. so I can sit here and blow all the hot air you want up your rear end. It, it's just not going to happen. So, yeah, shout out to Bud. Yeah. But in the UFC, there were some fun ones as well. I, I told you, I actually mentioned a couple of them. So, Kamar Usman over Covington called that one, called Holloway losing to Volkanovski, even though Holloway's one of my all-time favorites. Um, him and Eddie Alvarez and a couple of other guys uh, had the Nunez fight right over Jermaine Durandamy. Now, that was heavy favorite, so not really a shocker there. Um, the one that kind of was interesting to me was Jose Aldo went down a weight class and was making his first fight at 135 and thought, fought, not thought. <laughs> he fought a thought? Yeah. Marlon Rice and... A lot of people had that fight scored as Jose Aldo winning, but Marlon Marais won on the scorecard. So even <laughs> though I won that one technically, technically I can't take credit for it. Uh, Petra Yawn beat Uriah Faber, called that one as well. Gary Neal over Mike Perry. Gary that, Neal? He, d- yeah. he fights now? Yeah. It's a nasty knockout too. Did you see that one? No, honestly, um, so we were going to that game kind of early the next day. Right. So I didn't want to stay up too late. I stayed up and watched that fight, but like I tried to flip through and find it on Reddit, but I didn't try that hard, and I just ended up going to bed. That one was a quick one. That that one, Mike Perry is coming back off of a nasty – remember I showed you where he got his face smashed in and his nose was like flat? Like, you know how your nose has a bridge? and it, Yeah. It was not looking good, so I'm sure he had some worries, but – Gary Hands of Steel Neal put his feet of steel to <laughs> Mike Perry's head, and it didn't end long uh, after that. But Matt Brown had that one right, had the Hooper fight over Tamer right, had the Brandon Moreno over Kai Kara France. Had a pretty good night overall. Yeah. Yeah. Needless to say, I think I went nine for nine. Yeah, so um, Friday night. What did I do Friday? I can't remember. Uh Oh, I had to get together with some guys from work, but you got uh, crunk. No, I actually didn't. Classic uh, word there. Yeah. So Friday at lunch, uh, this will explain a little bit from what I was 
referring to you earlier. So oh. Friday at lunch, I was sitting in my truck, and uh, everyone that drives their car knows where your car sits on a temperature gauge. Yeah. You know, you know where it always sits at. Well, I'm sitting there, and I notice that my truck's running a little bit warm. It's not running hot. It's just running a little bit warmer than what it normally does. Yeah. And then... Which the is heat, startling. Yeah. The heat starts blowing out cold air. Oh. I'm like, all right, this isn't good. So I turned it off. Call, shut the car off or turn the heat off? Shut the car off. Right. Um, call Pops. I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. He was like, sounds like you're out of coolant. It's like, all right. So I check it. Sure enough, completely bone dry. Ooh. So call, I asked him to bring me some over. He brings me some. I fill it up. Drive home, still running a little warm. Again, not running hot, just running a little warm. All right. So I had that get together, and I told Jeremy, I was like, hey, get a ride over there. I'll give you a ride home. We'll chill. He was like, all right, cool. So when we're at that get together, I add some more coolant to it. Drive Jeremy home, still the same thing, still running kind of warm. So. And you notice that it's leaking now? or but No, I, I, I don't. I didn't notice that yet. So I. Uh, that was Friday night. So Saturday, uh, I'm going to the game, and Friday, our guy Sheldon had showed up. Nice. And uh, I said, "Hey, man, Louisville's playing a game against EKU. Can probably find you a ticket for really cheap. You want to go to the game?" He's like, "Yeah." So got him a ticket. He came with us. Had a great time. Well, when I picked him up, like I noticed it was running warmer than what it was, and we park, and I look underneath it, and it's dripping. <sighs> And it's dripping pretty good. So I call I call Ryan, and I'm like, hey, this is what's going on. He's like, I don't know for sure what it is. I, I think I might have an idea, but uh, we're doing something tonight, so uh, I'll come look at it after that. I was like, all right, cool. So I still had some coolant left in that bottle, so I poured that in there. Right. And then drove home, and uh, he came and looked at it. And it was dark, so he couldn't really tell, but he's like, I'm about 90% sure it's a water pump I'm like all right well that sucks but okay so he's like well i'm coming back over tomorrow for the game so i'll just look at it during the daytime i said all right cool so he looks at it he's like that night he sends me a uh, text and he's like hey this is probably how much that stuff's gonna cost i'm even more uh close to thinking that it's the water pump uh so which water pumps are not terrible. I don't know how it is on your car. I replaced one on that town car it, once. It wasn't fun, but it wasn't terrible. Uh, he looked at it, and he was like, well, it is a good thing because it's an external water pump. And he said, if it's an internal, then I would have to take a whole bunch of stuff and go inside it. So, right. But I texted him, and I was like, hey, you think that would be covered under my powertrain warranty? And he was like, uh, I don't know. He said, that's a... So that's a good idea. He said, we'll take a look at it tomorrow once I figure out if that's exactly what it is. So he comes over, and uh, I'm finishing getting ready to go to that game. And um, I get downstairs, and he's already reading my warranty. And uh, he's like, boom, first one says water pump covered underneath <laughs> it. So uh, he he let it run for a little bit. We poured some water in there, and we let it run. And... Um, he looked at it and he got underneath it like he jacked it up and got underneath it and he said yep there it is sure enough water pump so it's good to have people close to you that know what they're doing when it comes to a car right uh, so 
$100 deductible is what I had to pay, and then I went ahead and replaced the thermostat as well. So instead of like a probably $300 job with them, cost me about 170 bucks. That's not bad at all. So, yeah, it's nice. Truck's running good again, but uh, Louisville played EKU. Uh, that was the, that was my story there on on the uh, the truck and everything before we went to the the game Sunday. All right. But uh, we played EKU, blew them out. Uh, wasn't really a game at all. Uh, I did get to see Michael Moreno play again though. The kid we watched play in Lexington, who we were both really impressed with. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, he, so he plays for EKU. Um, I meant to text you that the other day. Did he get some PT? He starts. Yeah. He starts and plays a lot. Makes sense from what we saw. Because I don't think he was even fully healthy when we saw him, was he? I don't think so. And he was Coming he was the best player on the court. He was the best player on the court when we were watching him. Really? I thought, no, I'm talking about when me and you watched him. I thought he was the best player on the court. I was pretty surprised when you were saying that, being though he was playing U of L. Yeah, I, no, I was talking about the, the game right. at Rupp. Oh, yeah. By far in that high school matchup. Yeah. Uh, and then yesterday they played on my birthday and played Miami of Ohio. And... Struggled really until about six minutes left, and I, I, I say struggled. They had to lead the entire time. Right, they were up eight at halftime. I mean, but they were up forty-four to forty, and ended the game on a twenty-six to six run. Yeah, actually went on a seventeen-zero run when it was forty-four to forty, and put it out of hand. Uh, so it was nice to see them kind of put their foot on the on the on the throat of Miami of Ohio. Uh, that was also kind of funny because when Mac. Uh, called me last night he asked me if uh, dave scott got some playing time <laughs> <laughs> i also had somebody text me who said they were playing the fighting wally zerbiaks and i said you better put some respect on his name that's the fighting dave scott's and ron harper's too yeah yeah that's for some sure good ones. they actually have had some surprisingly good players that's a travel uh but um i know we won't talk too much about this because i know it's kind of a sour subject on you but Cole Anthony did get hurt and is out, what they said, for what, four to six weeks? Cole Anthony got hurt, and North Carolina's ego got brutalized. You know, you ever have one of those seasons that, that you just wish they'd take the year off? Uh, Yeah, last year's football season for Louisville. Yeah, that's that's about where – and even, you know, North Carolina's six and five right now. That's, that's where we're at. Just go ahead and call the rest of the season quits. ACC play I'm worried about. You know, I think there's a lot of teams that are going to come in and play hard. Forget your Virginias, U of L's, um, Dukes. For, forget those upper echelon teams. You got to start worrying about your Georgia Techs, your NC States. Your I'm honestly Virginia surprised Techs. that Georgia Tech is playing as hard as they are, right? With knowing that they're not going to have any postseason at all. But somebody mentioned it's their postseason game every game. And I thought, you know, I would never think that's about a really like cheesy that. way to look right. at it because you know those kids aren't thinking that. No way. But to me, that that makes me respect the character of those kids. Yeah. The fact that they are playing that hard, even though they know they're doing it for nothing. That's well. I still say the tournament. I mean, you, you you're a competitor. You play every game to win. So yeah. forget even having. To me, the tournament can cloud your vision at times. Make it a little more cloudy, but yeah, they're they're playing extremely hard. NC State's playing not bad basketball. They got some good uh, veteran pieces. Yep, Virginia Tech's playing hard. Uh, there's there's some interesting teams in the ACC as usual. I'd say probably early on, I'd say Big Ten probably is the best conference this year. Um, ACC's probably second. 
Who else besides Penn State or Ohio State? I mean, is good. I mean, you got Maryland, you got Maryland, Penn State, yeah, you got Purdue, you got Michigan State, you got a couple of other mid-level I'm, teams. I'm telling you, Iowa's man, I've told you since team. before the season. I'm still not. I don't get the hype of Michigan State. Right. I, re- I really don't, and I may be wrong by the end of the season. But it seems like every time a Tom Izzo team gets the hype from the beginning of the season, it doesn't end up panning out. Well, they just showed Joshua Langford's out for the season with that foot oh, injury. Oh, I didn't. I saw them showing the highlights. I didn't realize that's what they were saying. <sighs> I wasn't paying attention completely. To me, that's killer for them. They they need offensive firepower, and, and he brings that. Funny story about him. Remember, that was the guy who I was telling you one game. I, I forget what year it was, but the, the game that I was going, yeah, this Langford kid can't shoot it because I watched you know one of his worst games of the year, and he went like 0 for 11 or 1 for 11. I'm like, North Carolina, let him shoot, and he drops 30 on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he actually played pretty well against Louisville last year when we beat him in the Yum Center, but he was the one that kind of brought them back. I've never seen him have a bad game besides that one game I watched that I just automatically assumed he couldn't shoot because of that game. That's how poorly he shot. And then all of a sudden he comes and just sets the roof on fire. So, yeah, Uh, that's a key piece that is out for them. I do think that hurts them as well. But once again, I think Cassius Winston at some point during the season becomes himself again. And anytime you have a guy like that on your team, you know, he's not a Cole Anthony type player, but he is a guy who will – be a emotional leader of that team you also gotta wonder i mean with rocket watts being out too right i don't know how long he's out for i think he i mean what is it a fractured foot or something speaking of maryland they're getting drummed by seton hall right now without uh pal are you serious concussion yeah oh wow and and their center remember their center's out for the a while as well. If not I, did, I didn't know that, but yeah, they're beating them 34 to 22 with yeah. 14 minutes left in the game. And that Seton Hall has some tough losses too. Good, yeah. good team overall. Uh, interesting tournament team. That's what I was thinking about this the other day. Like, there's not really any teams that I'm confident in right now to make a long postseason run. Like, I'm really this year picking my bracket, going to have to look at who's playing good bat. Like, you look at an Auburn team. Auburn team last year that really got hot. Yeah, I'm gonna really key on more teams who get hot this year than ever before, and hope that works. But I don't know if how it's gonna go. Yeah, I mean I'm hoping it's Louisville. I hope they get hot towards the end of the season, but I guess we'll see. I'm gonna hope that North Carolina makes the tournament this year. I think this could be the first time in a while that we see them not make it, man. I think surprisingly enough, they still make it. I think they're gonna be a 12 loss team. You know, they already have five losses. They definitely have potential for seven more losses this year. Interesting conversation we had before the podcast. You're under the impression that uh, potentially. Well, well, first off, James Wiseman today announced that he is leaving Memphis and going to the NBA. Right. So this is where this is coming from. Which is weird, too, because what wasn't it only a 10-game suspension? It was 12, and he's already he's already uh, served seven other games. Yeah, so he only has five more games to sit out. Yeah. Why? Well, I guess at this point he's looking at – John brought this up. He, he said he's looking at it this way. Why sit there and not play when I can go get professionally trained Get, yeah, but he is getting professionally chained by Penny Hardaway. Yeah, but now he can get endorsements. True. And there's other things, and that's literally all he'll have to do. He doesn't have to go to class. It's right. literally just basketball, yeah, do an endorsement, basketball, do an endorsement. Like, basketball's going to be his job now. I agree. That is a fair assessment by John, and that's also, I was watching a uh, LeVar Ball interview the other day. It was actually Nate Robinson does that house show. 
great. I saw, I saw that. It's great, but on there he was talking about that. That's the key with uh, Mello being on the front of Slam. His being as though he's not a coll- collegiate athlete, mm-hmm. he gets like fifty percent of the commission of it or whatever. And then he's wearing a T-shirt on the cover of Slam of the cover of Slam. You know what I'm saying? Him being as very, very funny. But so I, I wonder though t-shirt. how much that really makes anymore. Because when we right. were kids, everyone bought magazines. Yeah. If there was a Sports Illustrated or something like that, everyone bought magazines. Now everyone's like, well, I'll just read it online. Yeah, no, I, I don't think it brings a lot of money. I think it's exposure. It's yeah. marketing more than anything. And then obviously, like I said, he's selling that T-shirt, which I wonder how that works too because how do you take a picture of the cover of Slam <laughs> and then impose that on a T-shirt? Like do you have to – does Slam have to give you permission to do that? Do they get a percentage? What – how is that deal structured? So I don't know. But back to what you were saying about Cole Anthony. Yeah, so you were mentioning you were under the impression that potentially he might not come back for the season. Yeah. And I understand that. Um, it was a partial meniscus tear. Uh, he has had surgery to repair that knee. Uh, the time frame for his recovery is four to six weeks, which yeah. would put him back uh, in ACC play was that late January. Yeah, so he'd be back for for the Louisville game. Could be January twenty eighth. I think was the initial date that when I first looked at it, he could potentially be back by that date. Just going by calendar days, not well, going by games. Louisville's uh, February twenty second. Right, but I'm just saying, as far as calendar games, that's that's the date that I saw. Um, now, will he do that? I don't know. As we mentioned, there are reasons why it would make sense for him. He's not to come back. He's had a really good showing. Uh, people are getting to see firsthand what this North Carolina team looks like without him at the helm. Yeah. Um, would have been a lot of fun to watch him in last night's game. I think the game that I would have liked to watch him in the most this year, the Gonzaga game. Because, man, they really get up and down. Like, I guess I don't know what I was expecting, but I've watched Gonzaga play a couple of times this year. And even though they are big dominated, dominated, they really run the floor well. Yeah, Petrusive and uh, Tilly both get up and down. Both of them can space the floor. Uh, very fun team to watch for Mark Few this year. But, yeah, interesting season. For that could be the team right there. This could be the year with how up and down the upper echelon teams are. This could be the year that Mark Few finally gets his championship. Every team has something that you can put a knock against. You know what my knock is on Gonzaga? What's that? Depth. Can't play seven players and expect to win a national championship in today's day and age. With the with the way pace and and other game is and everything. I think with injuries. I I think with the depth of the tournament. I think with intangibles in general. Expecting to realistically play seven. I mean, like no no joke. Seven players can't happen. Now, granted. I think five or six of them are averaging double figures. You know, last night you look at the game, four of them had 11, two of them had, or one of them had 20, one of them had 26. And that's the thing. It could be one of four guys who go off on you because it's just feed the hot hand, which I love. That's good basketball right there. And uh, defensively, they aren't elite. I think that will be exposed at some point as well. But if you get one of those guys in foul trouble, you're done. Yeah. It is kind of amazing to me, though. Someone, something that was brought up on the radio today, 
how he keeps reloading out there, and yeah. you don't really ever see them have a high-ranked recruiting class. He gets guys that he wants to fit his system. Right. And I I feel like he's always a very slept-on coach in the national rankings to people that are just casual basketball fans that maybe only watch their team. And it's like, a school I, in Spokane, Washington, isn't yeah. it? So it's like, who wants to go? I mean, Gonzaga is the go there. Like, there's <laughs> no selling points. No, it's literally, hey, you can come here and play basketball. He's got a great pipeline overseas, though. Internationally, he's well-known recruiting circles. He got that Texas A&M transfer this year. Um, I, I think he might utilize the grad transfer portal more in the upcoming future, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I've always been a big Mark Few fan. I, I yeah. like Gonzaga. Um, I'm not saying that because you've said that you're not or anything, but I, I've always just liked Mark Few, and I feel like Mark Few kind of gets – forgotten when people talk about the upper echelon of coaching now i agree I, I think he definitely should be in that conversation and consistently he's ran a winning program and fought odds to make it into the tournament being in the division that he's in and as of late they've they've put up stuff yeah i mean he made it to the championship and lost to you guys yep. uh, and i think the year before they went to the the sweet 16 or elite eight They've been very competitive. Yeah, and and it's every year. Like, every year people are like, well, it's Gonzaga again. They're just going to choke in the tournament. Right. Let's be honest, man. Every team chokes in the tournament except for one. That's correct. And that's the thing that always bugs me about when they talk about Gonzaga and Mark Few. Well, I'm not picking them because they're not going to win it. There's a lot of teams that don't win it. There's actually 67 of them that don't win it. Right. Well, plus, I mean, 67 of them that make the tournament and don't win it. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, it, it always blows my mind when people throw shade at Mark Fuse. And, and here's the other thing that we haven't even mentioned. When's the last time you've heard anything about anybody at Gonzaga getting in trouble? Never. Runs a clean program, runs a, runs a winning program. That's a big-time thing, man. It does not happen in today's in today's game. Uh, what was number 15, Morrison? He, he used to take boxing gloves, and whoever was his roommate, he boxed them, remember? Adam Morrison did? Yeah. Great, greatest <laughs> story I've ever heard. I, wasn't he diabetic, too? I believe so. Yeah, that he dude didn't have ball, man. Didn't have a great NBA career. I was very no. disappointed in that because I, I I thought that. So were the Bobcats and the Lakers and yeah. every team that he played for. But I thought that dude could play, and I thought he could play at the next level. Was, yeah. Disappointing to be wrong about that, but more disappointing to see him not flourish. Yeah, so I guess that moves us to our power moves. Yep. I guess I'll just take mine because I only got one. Well, fine then. How many you got? One. One. My power move is uh, is all of you guys, including oh. yourself. Well, thank you. Yesterday was my birthday, man. You guys know how to make a guy feel special. Yeah. Shouting me out on Facebook, texting me, calling me, whatever... Uh, FaceTime of me as Mac did. Uh, I don't even know what FaceTime is. It's where you video call somebody. It's, a, like it's, it's iPhone to iPhone stuff. Right. You wouldn't understand. It's like a Jeep thing. Sounds inappropriate to me. Sounds like you and your girlfriend should keep that behind closed doors. Well, if you're calling Mac my girlfriend, then I feel like <laughs> I've uh, outkicked my coverage a little bit. <laughs> so, um, but I really appreciate everybody reaching out and telling me happy birthday. Uh, it's pretty cool, man. That many people care enough to take that much time out of their day to 
write me and tell me happy birthday. So you think you're going to celebrate it again next year? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I guess I will. You know what? I think we'll allow you to do that. I think 2020 will be a good one for you as I'll well. I'll allow it. Yeah. So my, mine is going to be an interesting – well, first and foremost, mine's going to be a two-part one. So I'm going to touch on it briefly. But you obviously got to give a shout-out to Drew Brees this week. Surprisingly enough, I saw a ton about it in the game, obviously. But really haven't seen a lot of headlines on it. And I think maybe you can attest to this. But potentially why he didn't get the notoriety for surpassing Brady and Peyton Manning for the most touchdown passes in his career – it's because Brady and he are still playing. So Well, here's the other thing that wasn't talked about. Brady could have tied the record when I was at the game. He had a chance right. to do it. Drop touchdown pass. A Rex Burkhead draw play taken for 35 yards for a touchdown. And then they just ran the clock out. But then Breeze would have beat it that night. Yeah, anyways. but I'm saying like, so Brady could have done it when I was there. So right. I'm agreeing with you. I think it's because they're both still playing. Yeah. And... It's just gonna be. It's gonna keep going back and forth. It's gonna be the first one to retire. I, and the I other think one's gonna win. It very well could be. Obviously, both of them have a system that they they should have a couple more touchdown passes in their career. Yeah. You know what I mean, this season, let alone however many more they choose to play, if they do so choose. But I'd say the other one was a fun story that was probably one of my favorite stories I've seen in a long time. And uh, this, this is why I love fighting sports, but there's few and far between individuals who really lay it all on the line. And we've got a great boxing match coming up between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. And personally, I love Wilder. He's American champ. Uh, you know, I want him to be successful. But how can you hate the Gypsy King in uh, Tyson Fury? <laughs> Just a character of a guy um, publicly has fought depression and and helped many people walk through that process um has made millions and millions of dollars and does not act like that at all um has changed you know trainers and still been successful has a lot of things that maybe other people would not continue to persevere through with that being said um he gets a message and it was a online message from anthony joshua he put out into the twitter universe um, or social media universe that he was interested in sparring with Tyson Fury to give him practice for uh, Deontay Wilder. Now, interesting aspect of this to me is Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder are two completely different fighters. Uh, they're really, to be honest, is nobody that you can bring into your training camp to replicate the style of fighting that Deontay Wilder brings to the table. And Potentially, that's why Deontay Wilder has been so successful. But he's a long-rangey, powerful fighter that Anthony Joshua is a powerful fighter as well, but he's much more orthodox and traditional in the way that he presents his movements, uh, his punches, so on and so forth. So shout-out to both of those guys for that back and forth. If you haven't seen it, you got to look into it. But essentially, Joshua puts it out there that he wants to come help him. And Fury responds in a ballsy way saying, yeah, please, please do come, you know, to spar. And then also, once I beat Wilder, I'll put you on the first of my list to fight after that. <laughs> I'm like, dude, this doesn't get much better than that. So you just don't see that every day. Now, will it happen? Probably not. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we just gave it some pub. ESPN gave it some pub. I'm sure multiple other media outlets gave it some pub. Um, 
but it, it does set a fight up for the future between those two, whether they continue to win or whether one of them loses. I would have loved to see Ruiz come in to that fight a little bit better shape. Ruiz is not known as a guy who's elite shape, you know, but his cardio was phenomenal in the first matchup. Second matchup didn't look so good. So we need to see Joshua again. I'm not sold on the idea that Joshua is one of the elites. Tyson Fury, I do think, is in that category. Tyson Fury gets a win. Where does he go from here? Joshua fight makes sense, I guess. But, yeah, fun fights on the horizon and great back and forth to generate some in-between fight publicity for the both of them. Nice. Uh, As we're on air here, Louisville gets another commitment from a uh, Juco guy that I was hoping they would get named Yaya Diaby. Yaya. Yeah, he's a, he's a big boy, dude. Make her say, ya, ya, ya. Yeah, he is. Uh, What's that song? Who was that? I, I, I'm, I, <laughs> it's uh, Ying Yang Twins, I think. Yeah. Uh, Sounds right. Bill Walton loves see. him. Diaby, six foot four, two 255 pound. Uh, I think he's a linebacker. Sounds like a running back. Defensive defensive end. I'm sorry. Sorry about uh, Charlie uh, joining there. He I think you scared him there when you set the water down. My Did it goodness. wake him up? I don't know. Yeah, Charlie, you're getting very aggressive over there, bro. He he's he's like me, man. He does not like to be woken up. That's why he barked at you earlier when you knocked on the door. He was asleep. Yeah, he was, dude. He was knocked over here, and then you knocked on the door, and he was like, he's not happy. Yeah. So look at him. So he's right back to go look at him, rubbing his face. It's like he woke me up. Now, I do have a question. Why did I walk in and there was an open can of peanut butter and you looked as if you were using the this restroom dude, and then there was disgusting. peanut, we're peanut butter do- all over Charlie? We're not doing that. I don't know. I just was confused by that whole process. I'm glad I knocked. By the way, Ryan the other day, got. he said, I can't believe you said something on the podcast. Me? Uh, no, talking about me. And oh. I was like, I don't really know how many people would know that kind of pie from anything else. <laughs> I'm sure you remember what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. He said, I can't believe you said that on there. I was like, man, I wonder how many people really know what that is. Yep. Well, now they do. No, I don't think they still do. Until they go back and play it again. All right, so I got I got two beefs. How many beefs you got? One. One. All right, I'll take the first one then. All right. So I mentioned going to the game. Great time. And uh, during the game, so, you know, I mentioned there was about four or five kids in front of me. Kids... Their ages probably range from four to eight or nine, probably. And uh, we're sitting there, and we uh, start, what is that smell? Someone's smoking tweeds in the stands. It was a four-year-old? And first you can't really tell, and then the second time it comes up, I'm like, all right, who's doing this? Because you can tell it's right by us. Yeah, it smells like a skunk. Yeah, and I look about three rows in front of me, and I see it. Yeah. So that means it's one row in front of these kids. Right. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Right. Like, it's whatever. If you can't wait for an hour. Yeah, like, why are you smoking weed at a game where there's kids around? There's multiple questions there. That would definitely be one of them. That's my main question because I, I right in front of them. It just yeah. doesn't seem intelligent to no. me, though. Forget the kids even being there. 
uh, for legal purposes, that doesn't yeah. seem like a great decision at all. At all. So <laughs> that's that's one of my beefs. Uh, the the fans smoking, uh, as the old people would call it, pot. <laughs> smoking the pots yeah. in the stands. Yeah, I, I can understand how that would get frustrating with you know, especially with a four year old around doesn't fully conceptualize all of that. I'm going to go with a, a pretty common one as well, too. And we, we were talking about this earlier, but report came out that there will be three pretty important pieces of the Oklahoma Sooners that will not be playing in their first game. And if there is a second game yeah. at this point, right? Potentially they could play. The thing to me is, correct me if I'm wrong, but for the last however many years, we've heard this over and over again. And so at this point, I, I wish... I think I heard it when I was younger. I think you probably heard it the same. But to embrace some of this time there, I think they'll look back on those mistakes and and be very regretful of that. I don't think they'll get that chance to come back and have competition like that again. I don't think they'll maybe get to play in a game like that again. So hopefully if any of our younger listeners are out there, Learn from these situations because do you want to be one of those guys that we're sitting there talking about where year in and year out you make a mistake? Now, the other thing to me is it's very convenient how it always happens right before the bowl game. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like somehow everything that happened got slid under the rug until you make it. And then once you make it, it's like, well, maybe we can win without them, you know. Hate, hate to be that guy who potentially thinks that could be happening, but yeah, we hear it year in and year out. So, not a favorite in that game. Losing those three players makes your battle even tougher. Um, I've watched it happen on different basketball teams where they've lost pieces and comes back to bite them in the rear end. Oklahoma, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, part of the episode earlier, we were talking about uh, National Signing Day and talking about some of the guys that Louisville got, and you know some of the guys that maybe did uh, went other places, and even just mentioned Louisville getting another one with Yaya Diaby. So uh, my last beef is one that I feel pretty strongly about, um, which all of my beefs I do, but this one I feel pretty strongly about, and I think you're actually going to agree with both my beefs today. Yeah. So. I mentioned Chubba Purdy making his decision on the last day after being committed for six months to Louisville. Verbal commit, right? Yeah, verbal commit in June. Uh, end up committing on signing day to Florida State and then signing with Florida State. Right. Uh, you have the wide receiver that was committed to LSU and on signing day flipped and went to Maryland, who's from D.C. It happens. So, I mean, that shows it happens to everybody. That's not my beef. Yeah. You may have thought that I was going to go the loyalty thing. But no. guess what, man? What These are high school kids. So my beef is with grown adults <laughs> tweeting and writing these kids after they make a decision because they didn't go to the school you wanted them to go to. Right. These are 17 and 18-year-old kids who are making a decision that is way more important than me and you sitting on a couch watching a football game. This is potentially their livelihood. I don't know if it's more important than my locks of the week because it's looking pretty good for me right now, but go on. So let's just take Chubba Purdy. 
with because that's the easiest one to go with. Yeah. Because I know more about it. Shubba Purdy, like I already mentioned, friends f- friends of the family with Mike Norvell. He's going to probably start, or at least be right there with the starting position. So there you have Blackman, you have Jordan Travis, who's a transfer from Louisville, and then you have Chubba Purdy. Now Chubba Purdy is not an early enrollee, which means he's not going to enroll in January. So let's take it here in Louisville. T. Webb, our other signee, the one that backed up uh, Trevor Lawrence, early enrollee. Evan Conley already here. Mikhail Cunningham already here. Right. That's three guys that he's going to be behind the eight ball on. Well, you said you, Puma's probably not back and, next and, year, right? Well, that's what that's what the allegedly that's what a lot of people may think, but who knows? Right. At this point, so let's just say he is. That's four guys that you are behind the eight ball on. Right. You're probably or gonna, at you, best in competition with. You're probably going to redshirt your freshman year, and then even the second year, even if you redshirt. T. Webb is right there with you. Same redshirt freshman, most likely. Evan Conley is now a uh, junior. Mikael Cunningham is in his senior season. Yeah. To me, it's a better fit for him. Would I rather him come to Louisville? Absolutely. Would have loved him to be a part of the class. But do I blame him? Absolutely not. Right. So, be an adult. Stop tweeting kids whenever you get upset that they chose some a different school. You know what's funny? I want to add something to that, too, because you see a lot of, and I don't want to use the word pressure, maybe that's wrong, but you see continuous correlation and conversation at the higher levels when when these guys are in the top 100 or whatever it may be, right? Maybe it is pressure, but from the media outlets to get them to commit on their terms. You yeah. know what I mean? Even I, So obviously I watch a lot more basketball than I do football. And as far as commits, I'm much more knowledgeable about basketball commits. And you see it being Cardi and the guy who he's with, you know, they're, they're never, they don't come off as pushy, but they ask that question every time. And as an analyst, I agree, maybe you have to ask it. But so let's just think if you're in one of these kids' positions, uh, and we just watched a local guy go through this, Romeo Langford. And you want to talk about the scrutiny involved with that. Yeah. No matter what that kid did, he it was going to be the wrong decision. But he waited until extremely late in the process and then committed. And it was day in and day out he was getting those questions, right? But then you watch a kid like Chubba, who you mentioned, committed. If I were them, I would probably just go ahead and commit as a freshman and then I'd tell all of the other coaches, and I'd also tell the college coach, hey, man, I just want to let you know I'm doing this solely so that I don't hear any more conversation and don't have any distraction. I'll make my final decision when I make my final decision. Yeah. And play it that way because what do you lose? I mean, potentially another team recruiting you because of it. Well, they did say Norvell didn't recruit uh, Purdy at Memphis because he didn't think he had a shot. Yeah. So, which makes sense, which another one too, it's not really my beef, but it correlates with this. Um, have you seen the Quentin Grimes saga this year? Do you know anything about that? You remember Quentin Grimes? I know the name. So Quentin Grimes was a phenomenal freshman last year for Kansas Jayhawks. Yes. In my opinion, a very key piece. Transferred, right? No, just, just a freshman. Well, you're saying this year? Yeah. Yes, but no, the reason why is. The pre-draft workout has been set up to allow these college players to get a realistic 
litmus test of where their game stacks up and where they need to improve. And so Quentin Grimes takes advantage of that, right? I guess Bill Self genuinely believed potentially. You know, I, I, I don't know what to believe with some of the stuff that's involved with Bill Self. Yeah. But he thinks that he's going pro and he doesn't think he's coming back, right? The feedback that Grimes gets is that offensively he's not ready. He's a six-five shooting guard who's not got an elite deep shot. Good player, second-round pick. Goes, hey, Kansas, I'm coming back. Oh, sorry, bro, we don't have a scholarship for you. You know what I mean? I've, I've closed that position. So he's literally could come back to school and just be a regular guy. Or I don't even think they have a roster position available at this point. Or he has to go into the transfer portal. And so he does. He goes into the transfer portal and he goes back home. He goes to Houston, Calvin Sampson, which was a great story too because James Harden, uh, Calvin Sampson was actually an assistant coach with the Rockets for a while. And James Harden played with Quentin Grimes this summer and basically told him that Calvin was going to be a player's coach. Uh, he, he gives a lot of freedom to his guards. He's going to allow you to be successful in his program. So Quentin Grimes goes there, and guess what? The NCAA deems him ineligible. Because you have to enroll first. You have to go through that process, right? So at this, yeah. at this point, he can't go pro, really. You know, they're not going to pick him up But now he can't go anywhere. Now he can't. So luckily, there were some people who fought on his behalf, and, and I love to see that. And they wrote a lot of letters and gave this kid's on fire. Baker's yeah, Joey Baker's lighting it right up. Now. But uh, they, they helped him out and wrote a lot of letters informing him that the process was in place to give him that opportunity. He took advantage of the process, was unable to come back. Now Bill Self actually stepped up to the plate and helped with that process as well and basically told them everything that they've said is true. So luckily now he's playing. But in my opinion, if you're Kansas, you're missing out on a 17-point-per-game guy who's the best defender on Houston currently. Why would you not want him? You know what I mean? I would I would take one of my lower roster guys who's got a scholarship and say, hey, love you to death. Sorry, bro. How, how rich is your family? You got any doctors in the family? Could they help you out? You know what I mean? Because... We're, we're taking Grimes back. But could you imagine this Kansas team with Dotson, Grimes, Agabaji, uh, and Azabuki? That, that to me, would – obviously, they're the number one team in the country right now. That, to me, very well would be front-runner for national champion. John, just send me that. Logo different? Yeah, I'm not really sure what that means. I guess – but just the uh, Florida colorway Jordans that the team got – yeah. But yeah, I, I agree with you 100% on that Quentin Grimes thing. That's ridiculous. Um, that That's another thing that goes into the bowl of these players need to be paid. They need to be able to go to the pros right out of high school. I don't even think they need to be paid. I think they need the opportunity to make money. Yeah, like, that's to what me, I'm yeah. it should be an open market. I don't think the school should pay them to go there. I think you're kind of like what we talked about with the slam opportunity earlier. You should be able to make my opportunity or you should have the opportunity to bring income in. Yeah, I agree. I mean, musicians can, artists can. So why can't an athlete podcast can? Yeah. So why can't why can't someone that plays basketball or plays football sign an autograph somebody get money for? 
Ah. Or sell a jersey that they have and get money for. Oh. Or so. use those jerseys to get tattoos and not get fined for it. Yeah. <laughs> Ohio State. Yes. Selling bowl rings for tattoos. Yeah. But, yeah, that's really all I got, man. Shout out. What, do you got anything else? No. Nothing. I did want you to know that I went full in on the 2008 throwback today and <laughs> broke out some AJF Jordan 3s. Nice. From 2008 as well. Is that the same shoes we were just looking at? Very close. So these are collaboration between the Air Force Ones and the Jordan 3. Very underrated shoe. Subtle, yet classy. Are you wearing wool socks? Big time. Dickies. Your feet don't sweat a lot? Um, They do. Yeah, I was about to say, dude, my feet would be on fire. It's worth it, bro. Comfortable. Does doesn't get much better than Dickies winter socks. I'm telling you right now, I'll be getting them again this year. It's about five years straight. You know what I'm saying? I'll make it six. I've got a couple of gifts. Do you have any gifts that you request every year? I don't really request request gifts that often. I don't either, but you know, my family insists on buying presents, and so I get undershirts. You know, I ripped A shirts. Some people call them wife beaters. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, Dicky socks, Nike socks. Got to get the the important. I want to try some of these Duluth underwear. Oh, they got to be expensive. Oh, I guarantee you they are. Have to be, but you don't spend that much money on marketing and have your product not expensive. Yeah, but I've heard they're worth it. Really? Who, yeah. Who has confirmed that information? I don't remember who it was. I just remember them saying that they were. You know worth who it, it. sounds like? Maybe I don't know why, but I feel like Schmitty might yeah. be a guy. <laughs> You're like Smitty's a Duluth guy. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> just that's the first thing that came to mind. Like Smitty sounds like he would tell you that's good underwear. Who would tell you, hey, you got to check this underwear out. Get yourself a pair. Smitty would be the guy who would be open enough to tell you that. I can see that. I respect him for that. Yeah. But guys, that's pretty much all we got, man. Boom goes the dynamite. Yeah. Uh, I'm all burnt out on my Bill Waltonisms. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not gonna bark again because. We'll get Charlie riled up, and he'll yeah. start barking again. Luckily, it's not I can't wait to hear people text me or have people text me about the background noise from the dog. Guest appearance today. Yeah. Air, Shout out to the Chuckster. Air, Air Bud. Yeah. Podcaster. Oh, fun addition to the podcast you as like well. That? Pod, like a Paul. Podcaster. Podcaster. P-A-W. Uh, you know, I've got a routine now. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but, you know, pull up to the house. Take a nice little urination out in the parking lot there. You know, come in, do the podcast, leave leave on a good note as well. But today, you know, forgot to check the surroundings, bro. And uh, there's a couple of people who got to enjoy the show over there. <laughs> That's amazing how he listens to you when you throw your hand like that. Well, yeah, it's just me telling him to get down. And so, yeah, more of the story. Uh, if you have anybody pull up in the next couple of days and ask for the tall guy out front, <laughs> just remember, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know that. I wish you wouldn't have told me that. On air. Because. Uh, Incriminating evidence. Yeah, now, it's, now I can't say that I didn't know that. I know. So, uh, guys, keep liking, keep sharing. Let us know if you want to hear anything. Keep using the restroom outside. Yeah. Power move. Oh, and join our bowl pick em. Please, good call. Join our join our bowl pick'em. We're not giving away a prize other than the fact that you can say you beat us. 
yeah, what do you mean that's a prize in itself, which is not going to happen because I'm just going to tell you, analytically, I have this tournament dominated. Well, don't you forget when you go home to change your confidence things. I, you know what I think? I think I'm so confident in my picks that I'm confident enough to leave it's, There's no confidence. It, it's literally just in order of what the bowl games are. Yeah, I'm confident in that. All right, fair enough. Okay, I might change them. Yeah. Well, I might not either. I'm just going to Oh, by the, the way, Star open. Wars comes out tonight. Percentage chance that BJ watches the new Star Wars? Negative 10. <laughs> I'm going to see the new, or I'm going to see Uncut Gems on Christmas night. What's that? That's the... The Adam Sandler movie. That's what? in theaters? I thought that was It comes Netflix. out Christmas. I thought that was... No, that's in theaters, bro. Oh, man, I do. I do want to see that, too. Yep. Yeah. Didn't work this time. That's because I gave him the tap on the yeah, head. Yeah, because you like, pet him oh, this bro. time. He, I know. He's like, bro, you already pet me, and I'm staying up here. You know what? He's got a problem with getting close, though. He you does, know? dude. I, he I, likes he likes to show love. I can't handle people who get that close. There My little go. nephew does the same thing, like all up Lay in your, your business. Down. But, guys, keep liking, keep sharing. Hopefully you enjoy this episode with the guest appearance from my dog uh, a few Bill times. Walton. Yeah, and Bill Walton. But, uh, as always, beef out. Peace.